This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. The Israelites had to contend with an Egyptian army and a barren wilderness in their exodus. The greater exodus will be much worse. Believers today are about to face an antichrist and the mark of the beast. Yet, as Alan Aguirre explains, we have nothing to fear if we obey the rules of engagement. Get ready, because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom, Torah fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. The pattern has been set in prophecy. What happened to Israel will happen to us. Watch it. But are we prepared for our own greater exodus? Fortunately, we have a field manual to guide us. Alan Aguirre presents his end time field manual tonight on the first episode of How to Navigate the Greater Exodus. But first, let's see where we are on the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. It is officially Yom Kippur. So welcome to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Uh, this is when Yeshua did the transfiguration on the top of the mountain. Uh, a perfect time to be talking about the greater exodus. So let's talk more about this with the Chief Operating Officer of Arud Awakening International, Ted Clayton. Well, thank you, Scott, I appreciate it. And Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live. We're gonna have a great program tonight. Now, speaking of the fall feast, so the Yom Kippur is number two, a fast, not a feast per se, right. but uh, last week we had Yom Teruah on Thursday on our event on Friday and Saturday. And it was a fabulous event, ladies and gentlemen. If you missed it though, don't worry because you can get your very own copy of the Yom Teruah 2021 event, the temple, the trumpets, and the end time transfer. Uh, tribulation. Tribulation, I yes. said transformation, because you said well, transformation. Well, it will be a transformation at some right. point, so. That's right, <laughs> uh, end time tribulation. So ladies and gentlemen, you can get it, you're not too late. You can still support the ministry uh, by getting that DVD or actually going to the michaelrood.tv app. And mm -hmm. Scott, tell us how they can do both of those things. Okay, so you go to michaelrood.tv to get to the app mm -hmm. and you can sign up for, for two weeks for free. Yeah. And then after that, uh, it's a very, very affordable amount after that. So you can have access to all things Michael Rood I there. think it's like $9.99. Yeah, very, very affordable per month. And it's yeah. basically 33 cents a day, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. 33 cents a day to see all all of the great teachings from Michael Root. If you haven't joined the michaelrood.tv app, it's simple, it's great, and you need to do it today. Yeah, and that's actually where we have, that's the only place. Yes. Uh, well, actually, there's two places. Well, the, DVD, yeah. the DVD, uh, you can get this uh, special teaching that was not broadcast at Yom Teruah. This was a special conversation we had with right. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko about uh, the pandemic, so mm -hmm. obviously we wanted to keep that kind of on the down low, so that is gonna be only on the app and only on the DVD. Now, speaking mm -hmm. of the DVD, so you can get the DVD at the information at the bottom of your screen there, very simple to, uh, to order as usual, and uh, it will be ready on September 27th. So right now you are pre-ordering and we'll have it for you in about uh, 17 days here, or 10 days, right? That's right. Yeah. Now, Scott, okay. There's a lot of people out there that 
don't understand Yom Kippur, okay. the Day of Atonement. Can yes. you help explain to our guests out there, what is Yom Kippur, what does it really mean, and what is the Day of Atonement? Okay, so the Day of Atonement, well, first of all, we said that this was the uh, trans, this is when Yeshua uh, performed the transfiguration. Mm. Uh, it is a, it's in the feast season, but it's really a fast. So yes. it's really the one commanded fast day, and even there's some debate around that, whether afflict your souls, as it says in the Bible, mm-hmm. really means fasting. So it's not, like I said, it's not a feast per se, but a fast. So on Yom Kippur, we are told to do no work whatsoever. So that is the main thing. This is the day that uh, absolutely no work. I mean, every high Sabbath is like that, but this one especially, no work at all. And to afflict your souls or deny yourselves. This is most often uh, taken to mean fasting, like we were saying, or or not eating. Uh, Some people who observe Yom Kippur do not eat or drink from sunset to sunset, because that's Mm -hmm. when the Hebrew day is, right? right? It starts on sunset, like basically right now, through sunset 24 hours from now. And the point of fasting is to help us focus on the things that are more important than our body's desire for food. Thus being our relationship with our creator, the most important thing in our lives. So that's what we are focusing on. Mm. Now in the last days, Yom Kippur marks the end of Yehovah's wrath upon the earth. The righteous are spared from this wrath. They're not spared from tribulation, they're spared from wrath, two different things. As they will have been gathered to Messiah at that point. So this is where this happens. So once the Almighty's wrath is ended, it will be time for the wedding feast of Messiah and his people, the feast of Sukkot. So that's what's coming up next week, right? So we start celebrating that feast at sunset next Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, September 22nd. So that is a little synopsis of what uh, Yom Kippur is all about. And and we wanna be very very upfront and real with everyone. We're pre-taped right now, so we're also not working on Yom Kippur. So this this whole right. pro- program tonight is pre-taped uh, about oh, about a week in advance, and uh, so we're we're also not working tonight just to make sure everybody understands that that's what's happening with us as Absolutely. well. Absolutely right. Now, when we talked about the DVD too, we don't want to encourage anyone by anything. You know, when we're here on Shabbat Night Live, this is the only opportunity we have to connect with you. Right. So when we talk about the love gift and the and the all the other things we have, like the calendar and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want you to wait until after Shabbat's done. Right. Right, because that, that's the right thing to do. But it's our only opportunity to tell you about them, so that's why we do it now. That's right. And speaking of love yes. gifts, now we have a great love gift for this month, the month of September. Scott, tell us all about this love gift. Okay, well, we have a wonderful coordination here between uh, what's happening on Shabbat Night Live tonight and between the, uh, and what's happening on the love gift. Yes. So tonight is the first episode of Alan Aguirre's uh, new teaching, uh, How to Navigate the Greater Exodus. He also provided the love gift for this month. It's called Little by Little. This is about how little by little, one way or the other, mm. you can be more in tune with Yehovah and in, with his spirit, or if you ignore him little by little, day by day, yes. you'll gradually fall away from him. And this is what Michael Rood talks about all the time where he says, even what you have will be taken away from you if you do not obey, if you do not stay in communication with Yehovah. Very important teaching, very yes. down to earth, makes a lot of sense, very wise, very, very good teaching by Alan Aguirre. So that is your gift, our gift to you, for your gift of $50 or more. And if you'd like to give a little bit more than that, we have some awesome Shabbat Shalom coffee mugs for you, in addition to the teaching. 
These are great. And these are fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, these are not cheaply made. They're great ceramic coffee mugs. Heavy little things. And, and the beautiful thing about it is they say Shabbat Shalom on them and you can use them during Shabbat. And people ask you, you know, if they ask you what in the world does the word Shabbat Shalom mean? Mm -hmm. Which by the way, I have a real quick story if I may, Scott. Please do, I yes. have a friend that got the name of God hat. Uh, about, oh, about two weeks ago. His name is Jim, real good friend of mine. And he got the name of God hat. Well, Jim works for a very, very large corporation and he was on a Zoom meeting wearing his hat and one of the people on the meeting said, Jim, what in the world is that hat you're wearing? <laughs> and he was able to share the name of God with uh, a coworker thousands of miles away. So ladies and gentlemen, that's why we do this. That's why we have the coffee mugs and such, the hats, so that you can share your, your ministry with your friends, your neighbors. I just had to share that real That's quick because I thought yeah. it was really great. Yeah, so if you're doing your own little podcast or Zoom call or whatever you're doing on Shabbat, a lot of uh, congregations yes. now are doing Shabbat online with That's a Zoom right. call. That's right. Have your Shabbat Shalom coffee mug. What a great That's idea, right. Ted. Yes. That's right. Now, for a gift of $300, of course, you get all that and a couple more things. Right. We have a great uh, olive wood Bookmark. First time I've ever seen a wooden bookmark. Maybe I'm just sheltered. I don't know. But I saw. I thought this was great. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. That is etched onto this. Uh, olive wood from Israel, no less. So you'll get that. And you'll also get this, uh, this uh, monument, it is, to uh, the Ten Commandments. Marble on the bottom, uh, depiction of Jerusalem on the top, and the Ten Commandments in Hebrew behind some glass in the middle. So, Really great, get them today. There it is, wonderful. Thank you very much, Ted. Thank you, Scott. All right, so Alan Aguirre presents How to Navigate the Greater Exodus with a field manual that leads us from Exodus to ingathering. Stay with us. If you're waiting for the right moment to change your life, you're going to be waiting until it's too late. In this month's Love Gift teaching, Little by Little, Alan Aguirre reveals how the perfect plan of the Almighty is achieved through obedience in every moment of every day. Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. It's like it's all in there. All we have to do is, is do it, submit to it and do it, and cooperate with the process. Right. Little by little, we'll challenge you to re-examine the busyness of life and take time for the important things that will build an impenetrable fortress of faith when difficulties arise. But the only way to watch it is to receive it as our gift. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you Little by Little with Alan Aguirre on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you Little by Little plus a pair of ceramic Shabbat Shalom coffee mugs, the perfect complement to your Torah study. Or as a special offer for a donation of $300, we'll send you Little by Little the Shabbat Shalom coffee mugs, plus this Ten Commandments monument with a framed depiction of Jerusalem, and this unique bookmark made of olive wood from Israel, etched with a verse from Psalm 122. These are special gifts from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Remember, this offer ends September 30th and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts, 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610.
or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. The Chronological Gospels Bible is changing lives all over the world, putting everything the Messiah did in exact chronological order and explaining the behind-the-scenes truth of what the Messiah did, when He did it, and why. The timing of it all means everything. And now, the Chronological Gospels can be easier on your eyes. The larger print edition features 40% larger type, and every page appears exactly the same as the original, so you can follow along with others who have the regular size version. The Chronological Gospels larger print edition also has wider margins to write notes, and the premium quality paper means you can highlight without soaking through. Plus, the larger print edition lies flat, so you can teach without having to hold the book open. The Chronological Gospels larger print edition is a big and beautiful coffee table book, measuring a full 12 inches tall and 9 inches wide. Study the Bible with clarity and ease. I love the size of this book. This is 9 by 12. The paper is, is perfect because it doesn't bleed through when I write on it. I can mark it up, and I always make notes in all my Bibles. Everything is the same place as it is on the smaller version, and I can just stand back and I can teach from it, and it's just, it's the perfect size. I pray thee, of whom speaks this prophet? Order the Chronological Gospels larger print edition by phone or online. You'll get 40% larger type than the original. Call 800-788-7887. That's 800-788-7887 or get the Chronological Gospels Bible larger print edition online at arudeawakening.tv slash large. not ignorant. That's not a slight for me. That's a warning from Paul. Where did Paul get this from? Did he just sort of come out with that and out of thin air? But no, it came out of Exodus is where he got that because we are in a spiritual warfare right now. You know what I'm talking about now and back in Paul's time and even back in Exodus time. So how do we navigate this spiritual warfare that we're in right now. We need a field guide, and that's where we bring Alan Aguirre in. Alan, welcome to Shabbat Night Live. Thanks for having me. I say we need a field manual through you because you have written such a thing. Exodus to Ingathering, a field manual. Now this is actually, this is actually a military issue size of a field manual, is it, it not? It's an actual replica, replication of an actual military field manual. Right down to the FM 622. Right, which top. means leadership guide. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. in, it's when, it, when you're referring to a field manual, that is it. 622 is for a leadership guide. Yeah. Now, why? <laughs> now, you are, first of all, let's explain if folks have not seen you on Shabbat Night Live before, we've had you on before. Right. Uh, we, we had something called uh, The Feast for Christians. Is right. a series the Feast we Unlocked, did. right? Yeah, and so, and that's kind of what you're all about. You're about bringing Yehovah's truth to just general church going folks yeah. and, and making it real for them. And that's what this is about, is making it real. So, what, what brought this on, this field manual? Well, we pretty much, my wife and I had this little, we need to create a devotional 
Okay. Regarding, you know, around the feast things, you know, the, the theme of that time in, in, our, in our history, you know, Moses, the Exodus, you know, the giving of the Torah. And, and so this is what ended up coming out of it. And, and, and a lot like a Root Awakening Ministries where you're about enlightening Protestant Christianity to, to Messiah and the Torah, for example, we're, we're about that as well. And so we figured if we're going to do a field manual around the feast or around this part of our church history, um, how, what, what's, how are we going to be able to present this to Protestant Christians that are already gun-shy about mm-hmm. the subject matter of Moses, the Exodus, Torah, and they don't really know a lot about it because, you know, the Old Testament really isn't something that's prominent in Protestant Christianity. Mm. Well, we should, what if we bring Paul to the front and center mm. of this topic? Because, right, Paul is the poster boy for anti, all things anti-Torah, predominantly, right. right? He's the apostle to the Gentiles. And if he is the apostle to the Gentiles, the word Torah shouldn't come out of his mouth or in any of, any of his epistles or teachings, which isn't the case. So why is he talking about this to Protestant Christians, well, to Gentile Christians, right? So if we use Paul as a premise to present the truths found in keeping the covenants of God's commandments, mm-hmm. what a concept, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. And so the premise is actually this first one, because it's an actual series, Exodus in Gathering series. Oh, so you have more than just, yeah, I so mean, we this have, looks like a, an accomplishment in itself. It's well, like 100 plus pages. Yeah, we've got, a, we've got two of them out now. Uh, the first one, Exodus to Ingathering Field Manual. The second one is e- E2IS, which stands for Exodus to Ingathering Series. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. E2IS, Field Manual 2, which is Covenant Culture. It's about covenant, uh, the culture of covenants okay. and the covenants that are found in God's Word for us and towards us. Now, you have a unique perspective on bringing this stuff to uh, the Protestant Christians because not only do you just live in, you know, the, say the Bible Belt, you live in Utah, right. which not only has Protestant <laughs> Christians, but now you have the whole, whole Mormon culture. Yeah. And you are uh, a Messianic believer in the midst of that, trying to bring truth to all of these groups. Right. So obviously you've had some experience in, in, in doing this. So, right. so how does this field manual work? I mean, let's just go through it. Just how, like, what have you got in here? Well, how does this thing work if someone Okay, so, well, it's broken into it's broken into weekly segments. Okay. And but they're not it's not time specific. Okay. So you can read any weekly devotional regardless if you've read the ones before it. Oh. So okay. there's so each okay. devotional is standalone. The premise, the theme of the whole thing is is one theme and that's again uh 1 Corinthians 10 1 through 12. But you know so what well, let, me, let me read you the premise. Sure, yes. In regard to Israel's journey, their exodus from Egypt to their ingathering in the promised land, the Apostle Paul writes the following in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12. Now these things happened to them, Israel, as an example, but they were written down for our instruction or mm-hmm. warning on whom the end of the age has come. Now the term on whom the end of the age has come is also translated as for us to whom the end of time has come, upon whom the ends of the world are come to us who are living in the last days. Hmm. 
Essentially, Paul is stating that what happened to the children of Israel in the desert, as recorded in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, were written down as a warning and for our instruction, our being the end times New Testament church. Because he's writing to the Corinthians, which is predominantly Gentile. The Message Bible, and this is the first time I've ever quoted the Message Bible in my life. <laughs> it has its moments. Right. It puts verse 11 like this. These are all warning markers. Danger in our history books. Oh, written good. down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Wow. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end. And we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Mm. And I'm like, wow. That, that does bring out, doesn't right? it? Written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Their mistakes cost them their lives, physically and spiritually. In fact, Paul says in verse 5 that with most, most of them, God was not pleased, and they never made it to their prophetic destiny, their prophetic inheritance, the promised land. So what happened in the desert? What is Paul talking about? How do we heed these instructions? What are those instructions? And how do we avoid making the same mistakes? How do we enter our promised land, our prophetic destiny, and inheritance? That's the amazing journey on which we're about to embark. Wow. Right? Now, this is, these are concepts absolutely completely foreign to Protestant Christianity. They have no idea what happened in the desert. They, they, they've seen, you know, the, what was the Ten Commandments, right? Yeah. They've, they've seen that movie. They have an idea, but they really don't actually know. Right, because they consider it a shadow. Well, yeah, that was fine, right. but the fact that I know Jesus, well, that's the important part. Right. But do you know Jesus without well, knowing this? I don't believe that you, you can or do because Jesus himself defers to Moses every single time mm -hmm. in the gospel, yeah. in the gospel account. So in the field manual, right? What does that mean? What's a field manual? Here's the manual on how, on how to do what? Well, what Paul is telling us we can't be ignorant about. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to Israel. Why did, was God upset with them? And why are the... Jewish New Testament says, the complete Jewish New Testament, right, Stearns, mm -hmm. says bodies were strewn throughout the desert. Well, mm -hmm. what happened to Israel? Why did that happen to them? Well, they were, they were not keeping the commandments that God had established for them that made them his people. I will be your God and you will be my people, a nation of kings and priests. Well, the whole 40 years in the desert was to mold them and shape them and design them into not only a warring people, but a people of God, his own treasured possession. Mm. How? Well, this is, this is what I'm about. My, these are my covenants, my, pre, my precepts. These are my rules, my rules of engagement, and you need to obey them. And they didn't. And Paul's saying, as New Testament believers, we have to obey those same rules of engagements if we even plan on getting out of this alive and enter into our prophetic inheritance ourselves. Now, the rules of engagement. Right? Let's get into that <laughs> a little bit here because that not only has, that doesn't have uh, just meaning for Paul's time or Exodus time. See, this is why we're seeing the uh, perpetual, uh, the cyclical motion of, of how things in the Bible happen. They're, they're right. fulfilled, they're fulfilled again, they come around a different way. Right. So now we've had the same thing happen in Exodus as it did to Paul, and now it's coming to us, yeah. and it's spiritual warfare again. Mm -hmm. And if anybody says, what are you talking about spiritual warfare? They got their head in the sand. Because right. what have we been seeing for the past, what, two years? And I might even bring out something that you, you brought out 
from October 2019, but yeah. we'll, we'll bring that out a little bit later. But let's get back to the spirit, the the rules of engagement. So, yeah. what are the rules of engagement for this time, and maybe what Paul was trying to get at? I think they, it's the same rules of engagement that Israel was forced, or you know, was introduced to in the desert, and that's. This is how I'm going. This is this is what it looks like to be my people, because I'm God and mm-hmm. I'm the one true God, right? So you just came out of Egypt, 400 years in Egypt, and the whole deal with that, you know, Exodus and gathering means Egypt to the Promised Land, right? So in Egypt, the Passover wasn't just uh, separating Israel from 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 the Egyptians, but it was also judgment on Egypt and her gods, mm. right? Okay. So there's that marker. I'm God. I'm the one true God. You can't have these multiple God concepts or ideas, right? And then, sorry. And then, um, <laughs> and then this is how you live that life of obedience towards me. So we have differentiation. Uh, the, the markers are, for example, uh, keeping the Sabbath, right? Um, trusting in God for your provision, right? They leave Egypt with mm-hmm. all their wealth and nowhere to spend it. <laughs> Interesting, yes. And, right, so they can't buy food <clears throat> and they're complaining, we have no food or water. You would think, well, that's, that's a reasonable thing. But yes, if you didn't already see what God just did in front of you in Egypt, the 10 mm. plagues, and then, you know, ending with the whole angel of death, right? And, and separating Israel, not even a dog would bark or, or growl at them, right? Then why aren't you going to trust me now that, we've, that I've got you out of there and you just watch the Egyptian army get destroyed? I will provide the water and the food. Mm. But, but what do we do as humans? We immediately revert to our flesh, not our spiritual mindset. That's where the spiritual war kicks in, mm. right? And so trust me that I'm going to provide for you. Manna, manna was a test from the beginning and they, and they, and they failed that test as soon as it, it was given to them, right? And then you've got the guy uh, gathering sticks on the Sabbath. Don't take more than you need. And they did and it stunk the manna, mm-hmm. right? Uh, gather twice for the Sabbath. Don't go gather on the Sabbath. And there's, they're, they're out there looking for it. They just, they, just, they just wouldn't, the only time, you know, the, the most significant and probably the last time Israel obeyed was don't leave your home the night of the Passover. And they did. They corporately obeyed that. that. After that, it's, it's, not so, it's not so good. Rules of engagement. Keeping the Sabbath. And, then, and, and because they wouldn't obey, right, when that, then they added tassels to it, right, to remind you to what? Keep the, co- the covenants right. and the commandments. And then it just keeps on and on and on. Um, they're going to be a war. They have to be uh, transformed into a warring people because they're going to enter into the demonic hive, the demonic strain of humanity, the hive on the earth, the land of Canaan, with the Nephilim, the giants. And when they find out that that's really what's going on after the spies come back, they 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 just they 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 lost it. We, we want to go back to Egypt. We, we, we were better off there. We'd be better off to die in Egypt than to come out here. Because again, rules of engagement. You, you need to approach me like this and you need to walk like this. And you got to remember, here's the crazy thing. All their grumbling and complaining and disobedience and lawlessness and idolatry was all done in fr- right before God because he covered them during the day as a cloud and as a pillar of fire at night. He's like, he's like, I'm right here. And they're just like, no. Hmm. Those rules of engagement are, 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 are life and death, like Paul is saying. And they, if, 
and even, even I think even more so today because the same, there's a word that I got last year and that's what's coming is ancient, but we don't need to fear it because mm. we serve the ancient of days. Mm. That's good. Yeah, and see, in this ancient stuff that's coming, whether it's Watcher stuff, Genesis 6 stuff, right? All those type of things, they're coming. Right? Revelation tells us that, Revelation 12, I believe it is. Um, we, we don't need to fear it, but in order not to fear it and in order to be able to withstand what's coming spiritually, I mean, we have, there's, there's these, we, we, have to, we have to have the discernment for an antichrist, a false prophet, and a beast system. And we've been taught as Christians to fear that to fear the tribulation, to fear the Antichrist, to fear the beast system and all that. But without that, we don't have Messiah's return, hmm. right? You don't, you, without an Ahab and a Jezebel, you don't have an Elijah. Good point. Right? Yeah. So we shouldn't, we don't need to fear it, but we better have the discernment to know who's who and what's what, hmm. right? Antichrist comes back with his mighty ones in the sky with signs and wonders. How we, you know, we need to have if, if we're following the rules of engagement, walking in the spirit, not in the flesh, for example, keeping his covenants, keeping his commandments, eating biblically, not allowing the things, you know, it says that Noah was righteous in his generation. His DNA was intact, hmm. for example. These things have to come into play in order for us to be found righteous in our generation, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I see that in the biblical account, both Old and New Testaments, in both, both sides of that. You know, I see that, it, where you say that, uh, you know, the, Paul is mentioning to the Egyptians, so, uh, uh, mentioning about Egypt, that, that is, so that even if somebody today said, well, that's all fine and good, Alan, but those rules of engagement went away when Yeshua nailed them all to the cross, but that's not true, especially if we just pay attention. Right. Look at what Paul said in right. Corinthians, which is long after Yeshua died yes. and was resurrected. And that these things still apply. It, it, it almost reminds me of, uh, we were talking on the car on the way here about how to pray and how, um, I, I see this in the health field where people aren't, until they're desperate, they don't change. Yeah. So the Christian church is asleep because they're not desperate. They're just, but that's dangerous because they're falling into things that we see along the way here in the world, which everybody knows what we're talking about. And they're just following along, not thinking for themselves, going, wait, this is a trap. And secondly, when, when we talk about, um, when we talk about it's, it's praying, the proper way to pray, that's what we were talking about on the way here, yeah. is that instead of, oh, please God this and please God that, it's standing on his word saying, no, Yehovah, you said this and I believe it's done. Right. And I, that's when God or Yehovah reacts. That's when he says, okay, you get it. I'm, I'm going to do that. Watch. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and these are the things we need to learn. These are the rules of engagement. If we want to see God move, these are the things you need to do. Is that what we're saying here? That's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Because if you read, if, it's all in here. It's all in the Word, right? The Bible, mm -hmm. the Scriptures. And then we have the teachings of the New Testament. It's how we go about doing what we're supposed to go about doing in order to not only please the Father, mm -hmm. but to be in right standing with Him and our fellow man. Right? Yep. And, and it's there, and we have examples. We have the examples of, of the patriarchs, the examples of Messiah, and the examples through Messiah, through the Holy Spirit, with the New Testament teachings. Mm. It's not like it's, it's a foreign, these aren't, 
The concepts aren't that foreign. We are just, I think, lazy and not very bright. Mm. Uh, it's, e it's a lot easier to not to heed wisdom's cry in the street. And it's a lot easier to hide or bury our mina or our talent mm -hmm. instead of doing the work of duplicating it. Because that requires some, some you know, well, the parable of the shrewd manager. Mm -hmm. It takes, not, not a lot of us are shrewd. It's a lot easier to be uh, lazy and uh, ignorant. Yeah. Right? Whereas being shrewd as a serpent, but gentle as a dove, that's, that's going to require some skill sets most people aren't going to bother with. And the thing, the thing that surprises me is that until you're in that position of, you know, putting yourself out there, having a risk, you're starting yeah. a business or whatever it is, whatever it might be. and you don't know what you're capable of because you've never tried. And you, and if Yehovah is on your side, and He has told you to do this risk thing, right? It's going to pan out. Yeah. It's going to pan out because He has equipped you with that. And until we do that, we don't understand Yehovah's power in our lives, and we're never going to follow what he wants us to do because we're going to be a bunch of lazy chickens. Right. And, and I, I agree that I've been doing this 40 plus years. And if you do it, right, if you do what it says and how it says to do it, that's the key. You do it how it's mm -hmm. already been laid out for us to do. We don't have to reinvent this. And we have. How many, We've no, got a field manual. We have <laughs> a field Exodus, manual. Right? Yeah, it literally yeah. is. There is a field manual. We just have to. And so if, if apparently part of my job is to unpack this information <laughs> mm -hmm. in a way that Protestant Christians can uh, maybe hear it and understand it. And maybe equip those who are more in tune with the Spirit to teach said things as right. well, right? We're all about equipping. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not enough just for you. You know, I'm not just going to bring you over to the house and feed you a, a fish dinner. I will actually literally teach you how to fish and catch that fish for yourself. Mm. All right, well, let's unpack these things in our next half here, so stay All with right. us. All right, and you stay with us too. Thank you so much for bringing Alan here. I'm thanking you because you did. Your donations are what make this happen on Shabbat Night Live. There's a whole bunch of people here behind the, the scenes that you don't see, uh, but we wanna thank you all the same for Absolutely. bringing them here because it is you that keeps this going. We wanna thank you very much for your support, and we're gonna give you a couple minutes to do just that. We'll be right back. Thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. It is because of you that we can bring Alan Aguirre to Shabbat Night Live. And uh, before the break, we were talking about your new book, The Exodus to Ingathering Field Manual. We talked about some concepts of it, but I want to dive into the actual book. And the, there's a second piece of it here that we haven't even talked about yet. But first of all, um, it is called a field manual because you designed it literally, the size and everything, to fit a military field manual. And you actually have a, a leather case here that is meant yeah. to fit a field manual, is that it? Yeah, well, this is a traveler's journal. Okay. And so what we've done, the second piece is the calendar. Yeah. And so we've created, this is an A7 size calendar to fit in this A7 size ah. leather traveler's journal. Okay. And inside it, I have my calendar, my, mm -hmm. you know, my field manual calendar piece. And uh, yeah, it's a great resource. It's it's very similar to the calendar Rude Awakening has, obviously, because, uh, you know, we pretty much believe the same well, stuff. Well, yeah, let's right? talk about that. So this thing here, I think our, our, our supporters will find real interesting about this. So this calendar, first of all, in the book, this is a collection of, like you said, it's, it's Bible so it's, studies. Yeah, so it's right? a weekly devotional. Okay. And it's not dated. So you can read it independent. Each, each, like you said, each one stands alone, right? Right, each yeah. week okay. stands alone. 
right? And it's not dated, so you can pick it up anytime, anywhere, and start. So it's and not read. necessarily like the Torah portion that some no. folks do. They have to do on this date or right. whatever. And, no. Okay. Now, a lot of the studies are based on, uh, uh, loosely based on that, maybe on a, on a weekly Torah portion. Okay, that but helps. But within yeah. the theme. Mm-hmm. So, right, so the first one is the, the 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12 theme. Yep. Um, what Paul, we just read. And then the second one is called Covenant Culture. Mm. And it's about the different various covenants. It's like another layer deeper into this, this, this amazing journey. That yeah. we, we call it an amazing journey from Exodus in Gathering. And then part of that is going to be keeping God's covenant of the calendar. Whether it's the Sabbath, the, the new moon, the Omer count, yeah. whatever it might be. Now, see, that, that's what I found intriguing is that just like Michael's astronomically and agriculturally right. corrected biblical Hebrew calendar, right. the calendar with the longest name on the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't that, know. Chameleon Church Exodus in gathering 66-week calendar planner. That's just about as bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, and, no, Chameleon Church, by the way, that, look, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but... Uh, so the this follows the sighting of the new moon. Correct. Uh, I mean, as far as you can work ahead right. on that type of thing, like like we do too with the calendar, you know the challenge right. of that. But that's what this follows. This isn't a rabbinic right. kind of preset no. thing. This right. is right. so for example, what we have is we have on the on the on the we have a two-page month view mm-hmm. and a two-page weekly view. Okay. Okay. So let's go to the month view. On the right-hand margin will be projected dates. Okay. And those will be the projected dates based on the new moon conjunction, which is what the fixed halal calendar is based on. Oh, I see. The fixed Jewish calendar, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, the 10th day of the new moon, for example, in July is the projected new moon, right? So so then we alert everybody, okay, the new moon's coming up. Be looking for the visible crescent in your area, Ah, right? And it's, you, you know, it's usually within... 24 to 72 hours of that date. So we know that we're looking on the 10th. So you have, and so right next to every date of the Gregorian is a space for you to actually write in Ah. the the biblical dates. So it is adjustable. Yes. So then let's say the 10th shows up and, and and two days later we see the visible crescent. So on the 12th, you have the space to write zero one. Perfect. And it tells you also what biblical month it is yep. that's coming up. Love that. That you're in and going to, right? Fourth month, fifth month. Mm. And and so you can track that way. And then we have hard-coded everything we could possibly hard-code. Sabbath, uh, every Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, the counting of the Omer. You can pretty much hard-code that. And so we have the hard-coded uh, counting of the Omer, both in the month view and the weekly view. What hmm. day in the weekly view and what week in the, in the month view. Now, the weekly view has some lines on it for every day. So right. what, what's the purpose there? What are we doing in those it's lines? A, it's a, it's a real-life calendar planner. Oh, okay. Right? So you can write down the stuff that you need to do. You have a to-do list that you can check off. All right. A section for notes. You know, notes from your Bible study you that you go. have in the other day? Yeah. Well, how about that? All so that it's, it's actual practical real life stuff and, and and when you and when you incorporate like like you guys know when you when you start incorporating God's calendar into your real world life mm-hmm. that's going to you know if if you're if you're actually going to this is the whole following the Torah following the commandments is this it 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 it, it forces us to actually be active and interactive mm-hmm. with with God you know, a lot of a lot of Christ, Christianity does traditional Christianity doesn't have stuff like that. 
Right. You know, read your Bible, don't sin, pray. Mm -hmm. okay, how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> right? Pick a Bible message out of the hat. Right. And no, we, we haven't. God's a God, of, uh, a God of order. and He's actually set up a, a way for us to do this stuff. And because it is a spiritual war, spiritual warfare, I, I, we went with this old school looking, you know, field manual motif because, uh, you know, Exodus, the word Exodus expedition and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, that's what's, what's, that's what's actually really going on in the spiritual realm. And we need to actually be quickened to that understanding so that we can wake up Mm -hmm. and take care of our business. Well, exactly, and that, warfare, I mean, you're right, because that's what the Israelites were not called out of Egypt just to be saved and we, no. let's go play around in the desert. That was a preparation time. Right. They were getting, because what were they gonna have to do to get into the promised land? They had to beat some bad guys. Right. And that's where that came in. Now, we're gonna get into that in just a second with the, with the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's get into that. So you mentioned when the cameras were off that uh, it was, be until the sin of the Amal Amalekites? Yeah. So, until the sin of the Amalekites was complete, things were not going to start happening. Right. I'm kind of butchering um, that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the iniquity of the Amorites. Okay. So Abram, not Abraham with the a God, right? Mm -hmm. the, the Spirit of God. When Abram was Abram, it tells us in uh, Genesis 15, it's actually the way we begin the first, this is the first field manual. Mm -hmm. We have, like I said, two. And the one that's coming out next is called uh, Walking the Chosen Path. Hmm. And it'll have, okay. it'll have all of this in a New Testament gospel, Jesus, right? How do, how do you apply it? How does this all work together? Oh, wow. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. And, now, and so in Genesis 15, Abram, uh, the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there, Egypt's. Mm. And they will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out with great possessions, the exodus of Moses. Mm. Yep. And they shall come back here, the land of Canaan, the land of promise, in the fourth generation. For the iniquity of the, of the Amorites is not yet complete. The Nephilim in the land of Canaan, their iniquity had to get to a place of maturity and it, apparently it was going to take 400 years. And while that's all brewing and being stirred up, Israel would be set aside in Egypt, and then they would be released from Egypt to go take care of this iniquity hmm. from what we know as the demonic strain of humanity on the earth. Because the Canaanites, they weren't entirely human. We have like eight, ten Nephilim tribes in the land of Canaan that's, hmm. that are mentioned. The giants of the land from Genesis 6. Well, yeah, and even we have hints of that from when the spies went into the land. We look Absolutely. like grasshoppers in Absolutely. their sight. Yeah, it's they came like, back. It's not like the Hebrews were three foot tall. No, it, they came back with the report that the Nephilim are in the land. Yeah. And that's what freaked Israel out because they were a shepherding people, mm -hmm. not a warring people. Mm. And, you know, when we, when, we, when we came to Messiah, when we became born again Christians, they didn't tell us. <laughs> They failed to tell us that we were basically enlisting into a supernatural, spiritual war. And I think that's a disservice. I make sure to let people know that. This yeah. is what you're signing up for. Here's, here's, what I, here's what it comes down to. If you don't understand Genesis 6, there's no way you're going to be able to do, let alone 
fulfill and, 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 and be victorious in, in Ephesians 6. Hmm. Yeah. Or in Revelation, for that matter. With, yeah, I, I find it interesting that, you know, everybody thinks this is all going to blow over. We're just going to be saved through it all. Tra-la-la. But no, we, we, we need to, like Paul said, we need to pay attention. Let go, let God. Yeah, <laughs> to a certain extent, sure, but then be ready to do something. We have a responsibility in this relationship. We do, don't we? Yeah, yeah I, I just, and, and, but, and yet Jehovah takes care of us. The fact, you just mentioned something that I thought was interesting. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they had great possession, but nowhere to spend it. What do we see coming in our world? You can have all the toys, all the gold, some... And this is what really bothers me, and I think it bothers you too, that the believers are running to these things that are just empty. They're, it's not going to save them. Right. Oh, take all your investments, put it in gold, gold stable. What's going to happen when the world goes to Hades in a handbasket? Right. Is your gold going to do you any good? I can tell you right now it's not because it didn't do the, the Israelites any good when they left and were in the middle of the desert with no food. Right. We're still going to have to depend on Yehovah for certain things, but right. we need to have the faith to believe that he will provide. And the discernment, because it's, it's, it's so easy for us to believe in a Korah instead of a Moses. Mm. Because Moses is God's man, and he's doing things a certain way. He's doing it God's way, the way God's explaining it and, and, and showing him. Whereas Korah was based on their fear, doubt, and unbelief. Mm. You know, it's like you're, you, you've lied. You're taking, you brought us out here to kill us. There's no food. Where's my inheritance? Where's my land? Where's mm -hmm. all, right? That's what they were saying to Moses. Yeah. You haven't delivered. Yeah. And I mean, it was a, the, the rebellion of Korah is an incredibly significant marker in what happened to Israel. And it's, it, I think it's really significant for us simply because it's, we, we just watched in the last 15 to 18 months a whole bunch of the church go with Korah. Out of fear. Out of fear and doubt and unbelief. See, when you don't believe in the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, there's no other place to go but to what the enemy, the liar, mm. the deceiver. Look over here, look over here, shiny object, you know. We just watched that happen. We're literally watching this unfold before our very eyes. Hmm. And you know what's crazy? As insane as it is, we apparently uh, have the right stuff for the, for the job. Because we're here. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Jehovah is standing back going, let me know when you're ready to believe all, me and we can take this thing. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Mm-hmm. This has everything to do with that because, right, the sons of God are going to be in absolute alignment with his scripture, with his word, with his Torah, with his precepts and, and you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they're going to be, you can't have spiritual authority without being in alignment with him. And it's, I will be your God, you will be my people, a nation of kings and priests, my treasured possession. How do we get to that point? How do we get to that? How, how do we do that? Well, Jesus showed us. Messiah showed us how to do this. He, he embodied it. He's the Torah made flesh. You know, he went out, spoke a word, mm -hmm. backed it up with signs and wonders, spiritual authority. I love, I love the paraplegic. The the, it's called the paraplegic, right? Mm -hmm. 
he, uh, he forgives them his sin. And the Pharisees say, you don't have the, who gave you the authority? Only God can forgive sins. And to prove that he, that he not only had the authority to forgive sins, he healed that man. They couldn't do that. Hmm. So he totally, that's, it's on, game on at that point. Mm-hmm. You don't have the authority, you don't, you don't have the ability or the spiritual authority to heal the sick. Why not? You're the leaders of Israel. Why don't you have the ability to do that? Well, because they weren't about that stuff. They were about this other stuff. I see a lot of that happening in Christianity all everywhere I go, right? That's awesome that, you know, it's like, let's, let's, one of, one of our pet peeves is how to, how to say the name of God correctly, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, oh, that's great. You figured out that you have to add two more Y's or another W to it. Can, how's, but you can't heal the sick. You can't cast out their demons. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus, he was a, right? He backed up his words and, and he proved that he was who he was with the spiritual authority mm-hmm. that he got through the Holy Spirit. Right. What does he tell John? John, John, his cousin, asks him, "Are you the Messiah?" What, what did he? How did he answer? The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the gospel is sent to the poor. The poor are receiving the gospel. That. Mm-hmm. It's the same today, but but you need the spiritual discernment in order to have the spiritual authority, and you don't get any of those either discernment or authority without being aligned with his rules of engagement. Mm. I absolutely completely believe that. And, and there can't, can't be any, go ahead. And, and, and we're seeing, and, you know, and it's, it's always a remnant. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, when the masses are running that way, you should go that way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, there is purpose in, I was gonna say that we have to watch that we're not part of the dissension in the ranks, right. which, which it comes from these useless arguments. I mean, the Bible talks about useless arguments. Yeah. Don't even be involved in such no. things. You know why? Because you're not gonna be part of the remnant if you are. Right. You're gonna get caught in that crap and you're gonna be pushed aside and the remnant's gonna push through right. and you're gonna be left holding the bag. And so that's when I, once again, you, that's when you pull Paul out and you say, I just wanna know Christ and him crucified among you or Messiah mm-hmm. and him crucified among you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I go into a lot of places where I'm dealing with marginal Christianity, multiple denominations, you know, the majority don't have any idea what we're talking about regarding Torah or eating mm-hmm. clean or the Sabbath, right? I'm in those situations a lot and I'm speaking at these things. How do I bring this information to them, right? Like we were mm-hmm. talking about. Well, okay. I want to know Messiah and him crucified among us. And then you just, you just kind of like, it's wax on, wax off. You don't know I'm actually teaching you how to do karate. You think I'm taking advantage of you to wax my car or to paint my, you know what I'm saying? It's that real, it's being shrewd. Mm-hmm. It's being uh, all, those, all those things that we're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, keep our, our conversation interesting. It's, it's Paul, once again, Paul. So I see you have a statue to the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what's going on in Mars Hill. Mm. It's all about Mars Hill out there among the church, within the church. Hmm. I'm doing Mars Hill inside the church. Wow. So this is basically how to get people back on track. I think so. Here's, the, yeah. And he, using Paul as a premise mm-hmm. does, doesn't scare evangelical Christians. And what are we telling them about Paul? They're Paul. Well, he was a Torah-believing Jew that spoke in tongues. <laughs> Take that to the bank. <laughs> exactly. Man, 
That's crazy. That's, that's, that blows people's minds. Mm-hmm. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. Spoke in tongues. Prophesied. And he was a Jew. And he kept the Torah. Hmm. The instruction manual, as it were. Yeah. You know, Michael talks about this as well in a series that he just had a couple of months back called Rightly Dividing the Truth. Mm-hmm. He said the very same thing you did. If we don't see miracles happening every day, he saw this even as a 17-year-old in church. This is what got him on his spiritual path, if you will. And it was, there's got to be something wrong here because the Bible didn't stop. Acts no. didn't stop being written. We're supposed to be still adding to it to this day. What happened? Why, why is this not happening? And he, he, he backed it up too, same thing you did. It's the Torah. We're not following the field manual. Right. I absolutely agree. And you can't teach what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know something, like, if, if you don't speak in tongues, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, you're going to make excuses uh, for why you can't do it. And, and they came up with this doozy, oh, that's not for today. Mm. God, God changed. You know, the God that has no shadow of turning, he changed. That was for then. Well, no, you're, that's, what you're, that's what you say when, when you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were miracles happening after Yeshua was crucified and raised? Yes. Yeah. Even to more degree? Yes. Was it all based on the Torah? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 know that, I know that's the missing piece. Wow. And so, since I just, you know, we have to come up with creative ways to tell them the same message. And that's mm-hmm. why we came up with this field, these field manual series. Alan, I want, I want to come have you back for like three more weeks or okay. so, uh, somewhere around, maybe even more. So, let me can see, we do let, it? Let me check my calendar. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, can you? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Absolutely. Very good. I love so, being here. So, pencil us in. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, before we go, where can people uh, get this? What's the website where people can find this? PlanetBlueMedia.com. Okay. Very good. All right. Thanks. I know folks support this ministry. I want them to support you because you've come here. And so we want to thank you for that. So, And thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back with Alan Aguirre next week on Shabbat Night Live. Until then, Shavua Tov. Have a great week.